Well, hello and welcome to Reigning in Ray, the spin-off podcast of the Basic Bible Podcast, where we answer your questions, where you are in control of our content today. And so here, sitting with me, the Ray of Reigning in Ray, Ray Jewell. Ray, welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. It's always good to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah, we try to do these monthly and... Uh... I yeah, we, we haven't we, done we, that really in 2021. We, we, yeah, we sort of missed a few months. Yeah, we? <laughs> I blame COVID for that. Well, I would blame but, COVID for a lot of things right yeah. now. <laughs> so, but no, it's good to be back. It's a beautiful spring day, and we just celebrated uh, Easter yesterday, yeah. and uh, it's, uh, we're good to go. Yeah, this is the this is the uh, morning. This is my marathon podcasting day. So this is the very first podcast of the day, which. I think I'll be recording eight or nine of these today. Oh my! So, I, um, well, you know, you're fresh. You're fresh. <laughs> in, you're fresh in the right one. <laughs> yes. All right. So this, as I said, the reading in Ray podcast. This is where we answer your questions that you've submitted to us, and usually that's by by Facebook. I also put it on Twitter, but I don't think anyone's ever asked a question through Twitter yet. Hmm. Um, so you guys should do that. Get on Twitter. We're at Basic Bible Podcast. Basic Bible Cast. At Twitter, uh, uh, on Twitter. Okay. I don't know. I'm not Twitter savvy yet, which is maybe why uh, no one's uh, <laughs> asking questions through there yet. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, we do have some questions. The first question comes from my old friend Elroy, uh, and by old I don't mean old, old. Although he is a grandfather now, I believe. Wait, Elroy? You? No, no. Wait, I don't remember. Has Matt had a child yet? You can't answer me because you're not here. But anyway, Elroy is a member at uh, Morning Star Church in Rockford, and uh, he was part of my small groups, and it was good to have him there. Uh, Elroy is also a pilot. He's uh, flown over this very building before. Oh, yeah. Um, so anyway, Elroy wants to know about baptismal regeneration. Um, I'm assuming he's asking if we're for or against it. And for those who don't know, baptismal regeneration is the idea that you are saved through baptism. So, Ray, I'm going to throw this to you first. I don't know uh, what your views on baptism really are. Yeah, well... So we're going to determine right now if you're a heretic or not. <laughs> well, let's, uh, I want to state up front that we are not saved through baptism. We're okay. saved through uh, Jesus. Good. Um, but I do think that baptism by immersion is an important part of that process. Um, it's a, it's an ongoing process when you, you know, you hear the word, you are convicted of your sin, you turn your life over to Christ, you follow his command to be baptized, and then you need to continually walk with him, uh, as part of the community of believers. So, yeah, I know I, my tribe, the restoration movement, especially the non-instrumentalists and those of us who are would call ourselves central of the group, have been accused of baptismal regeneration or believing that. And that's not, not true because it's it's our faith in Christ and because of the faithfulness of Christ on the cross and mm. that that we're saved. Yeah, and I and I would agree with that. But by the way, Elroy I know has been 
to Lincoln College, uh, Lincoln University oh, yeah. out there in Lincoln, Illinois. We had a conversation about that. Anyway, um, so yeah, I would agree with Ray in that no, we are saved by faith, uh, by grace through faith, um, and no work is going to add to that. However, it is, I think in Scripture, baptism and salvation are linked. Yeah. Um, distinct, but linked. Mm-hmm. And so, um, off, I, in fact, I don't know of an instance where baptism is mentioned apart from salvation. Right. Or and it's never mentioned as, you know, here's what you need to do to be saved. Although, um, I guess there is some debate about uh, Mark 16, but I'm not going to get into that right now. Um, but yeah, so I would say baptism is that next step. And, and I agree with Ram believers baptism for those who have made a profession of faith and by immersion, uh, which I think is the only biblical, uh, model that we see mm-hmm. ever. Uh, sorry, my pedo Baptist friends, but, um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I, I, I'll say it like, for example, you know, baptism is the sign of the new covenant, just as circumcision was a sign of the Old Covenant, and I think it's clear in the New Testament, Paul belabors the point that no one was saved through circumcision in the Old Testament. Yeah. Not, even, not even Abraham. Abraham, before he was circumcised, believed God, and that was counted to him as righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd say the same thing with the sign of the New Covenant, that baptism is a sign of that. Baptism is a picture of salvation. Um, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It mm-hmm. associates us with God's people, brings us into covenant, but um, does not equal salvation, does not necessitate salvation. So I believe someone can be saved and not baptized, though I believe everyone who, who is saved should be baptized, right. and that's a, that's a step of obedience, and that's a step even in, within our... Well, and it also is one of the two... Sacraments, uh, um, you know. I'm a Baptist. I can't use that word. Well, hello. Ordinances. Uh, That's what we're ordinances. Ordinances. That, that both ordinances and what makes them ordinances is it's a retelling in symbolic form the gospel story. Yeah. You know, as we are buried with him and rise to walk in newness of life, Romans 6, uh, Paul deals with that. And I think that that makes... You know, baptism extremely important, um, but you know, I've I've known people. Well, uh, former student of yours, Miranda Steiner uh, Carlson. Now, um, she felt that she was already a believer, and then she came to realize she needed to be baptized. And I, my daughter Anna, and I had the privilege of doing that with her and for her, but. But again, it, it's you know, it's not just about me. The, the gospel is never just about right, me. Right. Right. Uh, when we do that, when we partake of communion or the Eucharist, another word that Baptists probably don't use, um, is again showing, retelling uh, the gospel. Right. And uh, you know, so you know, let's not. Let's not uh, take away from the meaning, but let's not add more to it. Right. And, and shout out to Miranda Carlson and, and her husband, Tad, 
They're well, baby. They and and baby, baby, yes. Yeah, kidding. Yeah. Um, I have not yet met this baby. I have not either. I've seen many pictures, but uh, so uh, Miranda, you get to come up here. Yeah, Miranda, many uh, pictures and this cute kid. So anyway, I, I know she has listened to the podcast before, so if she's yeah. listening now. Shout out to Miranda and Tad. Tad, a fellow history teacher, yeah. like myself. So, okay, let's move on to our next question from Dana Walker. Who asked, was Jude, uh, was Judas really, I almost said, was Jude really saved? I believe <laughs> yes. Uh, was Judas really saved? I'm going to start off here and just say a flat out no. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure how he's asking this. Um, Do you yeah. think he's asking it from the perspective of, the idea of eternal security was he was he saved and then not saved? Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think he was saved and then rejected Christ somewhere along the line. Because yeah. um, you know when you read through the gospel accounts, um, it seems they seem to indicate pretty early uh, this guy was a devil. This guy was a yeah. bad guy. Well, but I mean I think that some of that parenthetical information yeah. about Judas is. After the fact, <laughs> right, right. Well, I don't. I think they were all, except for Jesus, obviously, were all shocked. Yes, that one of their own, someone that they'd been together with for three years, would betray Christ. And I mean, and then it comes a question: You know, was Judas able to repent of that sin after he committed it, or was he damned as soon as he betrayed Jesus? I mean, you know, you look at look at Peter. In a very real sense, Peter, you know, with, with his denial of Christ, betrayed him as well. Yeah. And yet Peter came back to God uh, through Christ, and and Jesus restored him. Would that have been offered to Judas? I think so. But then, you know, I look at people like Pharaoh when the Bible says. Pharaoh's heart was hardened. I don't think that that's the beginning of his trek down the wrong way. I think that it was based on several of his own choices that kept, you know, wanting to place himself in a position of authority and, you know, to be a god himself. Uh, Romans 1 talks about people being given over to a hardness of heart. Well, Again, that's because of the choices that they are making and their hearts are not repentant. I mean, that's the difference between those of us who sin and seek forgiveness and ask for repentance or do repent and those who don't. I think, isn't there something about something like that in one of these other questions? Oh, well, we'll yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we do see... It's an interesting question. I haven't really thought about that. Um, we we do see that Judas did have somewhat of a change of mind in that he brought the money back uh, to the priest in Matthew 27. Uh, then Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned. He changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests. Um, but that was out of... I don't think that was motivated by a real heartfelt repentance or yeah. um, sorrow. I think it was self-pity. 
<laughs> yeah. And where again, you know, Peter, Peter went through agony, and he was afraid, but he didn't take his life. Right. See, this is this is the determining factor here. Judas didn't allow himself the opportunity to be restored by Christ yeah. by uh, committing suicide. Where Peter hung around, and even though he was embarrassed to all get out, he was restored. Now, was it determined beforehand that Judas would be it? Well, you know, when you listen to Peter talk about him when they were in Acts 1 selecting his replacement, that's the verbiage that he uses. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, but I, yeah, I would agree that he was not saved. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you a shocking statement right now, Ray, and this may ruin your your testimony, this may ruin your, your reputation, but um, John MacArthur agrees with you. Um, yes, you heard it right here first. Uh, Ray Jewell and John MacArthur are in agreement. I was just Googling this real quick. I came across an article by... Uh, MacArthur says, yes, uh, that, that Judas' heart was hardened. Yeah. Um, and that, no, he could not have repented. And again, there is a difference between remorse and mm-hmm. repentance. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between simply feeling sorry about something and feeling like, okay, I am to blame for this. I am to, and I need to, to beg God for forgiveness, mm-hmm. which we don't see that from Judas. Right. Um, we don't see him asking for forgiveness. We don't see him... Um, with that heart of contrition where he blames himself. Um, I think he's more, he feels bad about the consequences for sure. Right. But not necessarily. And that's ultimately, I think what you just said is what led him to commit suicide. Right. He couldn't handle the consequences of betraying the son of God. We don't see him saying, I want to make this right. Right. Or I want to. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we're in agreement, Dana, that no, we don't believe that um, Judas was was really saved. Okay, so uh, your next question, Dana. Did at do you know Dana Walker? Just through he he reads my devotional commentary every morning and oh, so he's really messed up. Yeah, uh, he, no, well, he probably is, but no, I haven't met him. I think we have several mutual friends. Okay, so you also asked, did Adam and Eve uh, their, did their faces shine like Moses's? When they walked and talked with God, not having been there, <laughs> well, I, don't, I thought you were old enough to have been there. So. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. It doesn't. The Bible doesn't say, so it's best not to go there. My, my speculation would be no, right? Um, because Adam and Eve were in a different circumstance than Moses was. Um, Adam and Eve, for a time, lived without sin. Yeah, and so even their body, their human bodies, would. Would be different, and I, I'm assuming those bodies would react differently to the presence of God. Um, I think what made Moses' face shine there um, was the fact that he was a a sinful human being in the presence of a holy God who couldn't even see Jesus' face, just just his backside, um, and he, he still had to hide there in the, in the cleft of the rock as Jesus well, and passed I think by. That- And I think the real purpose for the shining of Moses' face was as a witness to the people. Yeah. To, you know, okay, we got to listen to this dude because he's been in the presence of God. Right. Okay, so let's move on to, uh, and I'm 
I always hate going yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we resist going here, but we've got a couple of questions from, from our friend Jesse Knopf, and I say friend in quotation marks. Actually, Jesse's going to be here later today. We're going to be recording a podcast with Jesse. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Jesse asked first, if Lucifer was a holy angel, how could he have been a prideful heart? Uh how wait, how could he have had a prideful heart and fallen? Well, I mean, okay, define holy angel. I don't think that angels are God. Right. I think that they were created beings. And it seems yeah. like from what I read in Scripture, and there's really not a whole lot about the, the beginning of angels or the fall from heaven. You know, we, we, we know we know the results of that. We know that the demons were at one time angels. And Lucifer was one time an angel. Um, and then, uh, you know, but then you've got the good angels too. So I, there must have been a time when they had to choose whether to follow God or to follow Lucifer or Satan. And... Once the choice was made, they didn't have the opportunity to repent, and that humans have been given. Yeah. So I do recall. I mean, the the idea of you know in theology you're talking about original righteousness and holiness. The idea that Adam and Eve were holy before they had sinned, yeah. um, and and one day we will be restored to that. But I think just the idea of being holy in of itself for created beings does not preclude the idea that that sin is at least potential mm -hmm. um so yeah i i would say that just because he is a quote holy angel and again there's not a whole lot in scripture that really we're talking about really like one passage in ezekiel one passage in isaiah um that that, that talks about this but it's and the clear, passage in isaiah is a reference to an earthly king the king of tyre yeah, yeah. So, so and he's using it, as, and we have to kind of read into that a little bit. That that's an illustration of Satan. Yeah. And I think that's a that's a, that's a fair interpretation. Um, but yeah, I, it, it had to have been. He had to have had a choice. Mm -hmm. So yes, this Calvinist is saying that angels had a free will, <laughs> um, and that Satan exercised that. Um, it is interesting that we think about sin, and my students always get a shock out of this when I say that sin originated in heaven, not earth. Um, uh, talking about Satan's fall and the fall of at least one-third of the angels, if you're going to read into Revelation, um, that that concept. So, um, yeah, I, I think he, he would have had to have had some sort of, of free will and that that idea of holiness is distinct from God's perfection of holiness so okay second now uh, we're getting into some controversy right here and i don't know where right i think right you, you we might disagree agree on this but um oh no so back up I, i'm jumping ahead yeah all right let's uh did paul write hebrews or did timothy write it through paul's dictation well okay i don't know that paul wrote it and i'm Doubt that he wrote it through Timothy. You know, Timothy wrote it through Paul's dictation. I think that 
Other possibilities are there. Different scholars have suggested Barnabas may have been the author. Um, some have suggested that Priscilla could have yeah. been the author. Don't know. Um, it's not that yeah, important. But the, but if, the, it, if it were that important, we would know. The egalitarian <laughs> in you is really rooting for Priscilla. <laughs> well, I mean, I've gone back and forth on, on this. And I, I do say it is interesting that the person who self-proclaimed a Hebrew of Hebrews would write the... Yeah. the letter to the Hebrews. But uh, but there's no real way of knowing. I mean, you can look back at the early church fathers and see what they thought, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're right either because I'm sure they all yeah. disagreed too. <laughs> I'm not very familiar with this idea, this theory that Paul wrote it through Timothy. I've never heard of it. I mean, it wouldn't that. shock me because Paul usually had some sort of scribe. Right. Um, but how would you know it was Timothy yeah. as opposed to, you know, some of the other scribes he's used? Well, yeah, because Timoth Timothy really wasn't with Paul all that much uh, other than on the missionary journeys. Paul commissioned him and he went to Ephesus. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, my gut tells me that Paul didn't write this, yeah. um, mainly because it, there are just, we're going through uh, my New Testament survey class. We're going through Paul's epistles now. And Paul's epistles usually just follow a format that Hebrews yep. doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and I get that some of that is because this is a, a letter written to Christians in persecution. Paul may have not wanted to have identified himself. Um, I, I don't—it just doesn't sound Pauline enough for me. Um, but it does sound Pauline-ish, yeah. which is why I, I, I tend to think Barnabas wrote this. Mm -hmm. um, but I, that's wild speculation. Well, right. I mean, it, and that's all it is, and we're better left to, well, left you know, to move on to the next question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we know that the people who, who received this knew who it was, and they accepted it as right. scripture, and, and I'll accept it as well. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next question. This is where we get some controversy here. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church... Antichrist or misunderstood? Well, you can tell that Jesse just got out of <laughs> Bible college or seminary or whatever it is he just finished because he's making things either or. <laughs> and there are other options here, Jesse. I wouldn't put him in the, uh, either camp. Well, they are, I think they are misunderstood in some ways, but I would not accuse them of being the Antichrist. They follow the same Lord that we do. Now, you know, they have some unusual practices. Mary, uh, praying to Mary instead of uh, to God is a weird thing. And yet, uh, having studied Roman Catholic theology, um, I've come away with the understanding that their idea of both and is closer to reality than the uh, Protestant idea of either or. The only either or is Jesus. <laughs> you, know, you either believe in him or you don't, and uh, you know then there the consequences are thing. But when it comes to well, what is the gospel? Well, it's not an either or thing. It's both and. It's both about the salvation of people's souls and caring for the poor and the needy and, and those who, you know, are disadvantaged and, and that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of 
the more I look at it, the more I agree with the both-and concept. Well, I, I agree with the both-and concept in, in certain circumstances. But I think, for me, this is a gospel issue. And, you know, I, I read through, you know, Galatians 1, and it's, it's clear. If, if you're not believing this gospel that Paul's preaching, then you, you're anathematized. You're, you're, you're a heretic. You're, um, and so, you know, my understanding of the Catholic faith if you're going to add faith, if you're going to add works to faith, yeah. then no, I'm sorry, you're that that that's that's a dividing point right there, um, and I can't accept you as a Christian brother. And I have seen many who have gone off the rails following after the Catholic Church. Yeah, um, even just the idea of the Pope being the vicar of Christ, I find yeah, incredibly that's... offensive. Yeah, and so I have to put that in the Antichrist uh, category. Now I. I know it goes farther as, as the reformers who said that they, this is literally the antichrist spoken of in scripture, but I think there is a spirit of antichrist there that leads people away from Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're adding to the atonement of Christ as they do with the Eucharist or um, or their version of that, um, and all of the you know the seven sacraments and the fact that you have you know uh, venial sins and mortal sins and all that, I I, I find all that to be uh, beyond scripture and, and leading people away from Christ. Now, I would say that there could be, I, I allow for the possibility that there's some Catholics who are saved, that they oh, yeah, understand yeah. a, a so, salvation I by call grace. Them, I call them Catholic Christians. <laughs> yeah. And that they're just, uh, they're not necessarily understanding everything that their church is teaching them. Right. Um, but then you got your cafeteria Catholics. Right. And that's but, where, yeah. But then you got your Catholic cafeteria oh, you know, yeah. other Christian sure. uh, varieties. As, so. as Baptists, we love cafeterias. Um, well, sure. Buffets. Yeah, to eat, yes. <laughs> uh, but we pick and choose often what we want. So um, I'm going to put that in the, the Antichrist ish category. All right. Let's get to uh, Jesse's last question here is, again, delving into some controversy. And I'm going to be interested as to what you uh, what your thoughts on this. Um, Mexican or Chinese food? Well, I think the first thing that has to happen is if someone brings up a question about food, comparing one to another, they need to provide samples. I think that's fair. Uh, you know, I just you know, <laughs> put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> um, I like both. Um, I, uh, Chinese is good. I, especially with, they used to have a buffet in the, uh, in one of the strip malls there in, in Janesville, but then they, they closed. But then, but then I also like Mexican Hacienda Real is uh, one of my favorite restaurants. Now, have you Janesville. been to the, uh, Golden Chopsticks Buffet? In Rockford? No. Oh, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I, I'm not a real spicy person, so I don't go hot when I do Mexican or Chinese. I suppose there's some Chinese... Yeah, there are some Chinese things. General Tzu. Chicken. But if I said... Okay, so if I said, Ray, we're going out to lunch this afternoon, Mexican or Chinese, um, what would you say? I'd say both. <laughs> I don't think either of our wives would want us going to two buffets. No, probably not. Well, I mean, it just sort of depends on what I'm feeling like. You know, um, I'd probably go to Mexican. 
There's, there's got to be some good Mexican restaurants yeah. in Beloit. Um, Taco Bell's down the street. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> there is a uh, no. Taco a, Bell's not a choice. <laughs> there's a place just down from uh, where I'm at, just over the river. I can't remember the name of it. It's a little little place. You wouldn't think it's a good place, but I went there a couple years ago uh, when Tim Beefus was our administrator. He used to take his his Spanish class at Mexican restaurant. And he asked me to chaperone. Well, of course I'm going to chaperone to a restaurant. But I went to this burrito. Um, and the thing was, like, huge. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm i a pretty big guy, as you can yeah. tell. And I, and I couldn't. And I was bigger then. And I couldn't even finish it. Yeah. Uh, just a burrito. Forget about anything else they put on there. Um, so I'm going to... If I had to choose... I could go either way. But if I had to choose, I'd probably choose Chinese over Mexican. Mm. Um the only trouble is, Tommy, my son, can't have soy. Um, and so, I mean, the Chinese place would kill him. Yeah. Um, but it depends on how hungry I am, whether I want him dead or no. Um, <laughs> no, so if I had Tommy with me, we'd go to the Mexican restaurant. Okay. There's plenty he can have there. Okay. Uh, the Chinese place isn't going to work. But um, that's probably maybe why I would choose the Chinese, because I don't normally have it very yeah. often. Um, all right, I can do a time check right here. And we're at 30 minutes, so we gotta, we got to shut this one down. We are not done with questions, though. So we will pick this up next time. So if you, if you didn't get your question answered in this episode, wait till our next episode, and we won't wait too long to do that. Um, but you can ask questions. We want you to continue asking questions. We enjoy doing this. I think you enjoy doing this, oh, right? Yeah. I do. So um, let's keep this up. And um, you can ask questions through our email. You can email us at basicbiblepodcast at gmail.com. You can look on us, uh, look at us on um, Facebook. Join our Facebook group. I always post it on there, um, on my personal Facebook page as well. Or, Ray, you can call us. We do have a, a voicemail number you can call. That's 262-427-1473. So 262-427-1473, and you can leave us a voicemail message that we could actually play on the podcast and uh, answer your question that way. So uh, we're going to wrap this up with our Raining in Rain, and we'll come back next week. We'll be back to the Basic Bible Podcast. So until then, have a good rest of your week.